Kristen Whitner, that's newsstand, and we are going to talk today about something oddly controversial, even though I don't really understand quite why, but we're going to talk about Masters of the Universe Revelation. I am going to review it and tell you what I think, but first we're going to start with the controversy. So if you don't want spoilers, back away now. There will absolutely be spoilers in this video. So now let's talk about Masters of the Universe Revelation, starting with the controversy. Let's see if Kevin Smith lied. The original tweet goes like this. As showrunner, I could have used these story suggestions before we looked in the script. However, no. He-Man does no stepping aside, and Tila has no girlfriend in the show. The storyline is pretty dark and way metal. Before Revelation, we were calling it End of the Universe. And, and both are fitting. I would almost say that End of the Universe is a little more fitting, but... The original rumor from Clownfish TV says, from an alleged insider, Tila is a better He-Man than Adam. Not true. And he steps aside to let her and her girlfriend take over the hero duties. No girlfriend. He doesn't step aside to let her do this. He dies. <laughs> he dies and they have to go search out his half of the sword. So no, those are not true. Now, going a little bit further, this is where Kevin seems to have lost the boat and should have really just stopped talking. Should have really just stopped feeding the, I guess you would say, He-Man purist. Is that a thing? That's become a thing. So he says, with all due respect to Screen Rant, um, I read the script of our shows, plus wrote a few, and viewed four amazing uh, animations while Tila is present as she's always been in Masters of the Universe, and she's playing a big role, our series is literally all about He-Man. Now, this is really where stuff has to be put into context. Because yes, I did say He-Man dies in the first episode towards the end, but they are, in essence, searching him out, right? But even so, this is where he should have shut up. Because it is a lot about Tila. There are flashbacks, and we do get to see Adam by the fourth episode. So he's in three out of five episodes. All of them, but some of them are flashbacks. At present time, three out of five. So is this what people were worried about? No. <laughs> no, it's really, really good. And we're going to talk about it. Like, it is absolutely fantastic. And it follows the comic books. It follows the original show. It does a good job of putting everything together. And I loved it. This show is really, really. What if Skeletor actually does one up He-Man for once? And what if there are consequences, right? That is what it is. And I think the controversy is really more about outrage because it's done always, always, right? People are wanting it to fail. Like, I was so irritated the other day because I've covered this. I really was excited for this. And then a bunch of people that I was subscribed to had Orko in the thumbnail saying that he died. What? Why would you do that? That's like 
terrible YouTube practice. You don't do that. You just don't. Yes, I do spoilers. I warn every single one of you, every single one. You don't do that. That's classless. Two rights don't make a wrong. And now we're also seeing a bunch of, oh my God, all the fans are mad. No, there's a bunch of review bombing. There is fans that are rightfully mad. There are fans that are constructively criticizing this. There are fans that are upset, rightfully so, and we'll get into those reasons. But yeah, there's definitely review bombing, and and to pretend otherwise is pretty silly. So let's talk about some of the major criticisms, and then we're going to go into really more of a discussion. So Masters of the Universe is nothing like the original show, right? So Masters of the Universe, I believe, came out in 1983, and literally nothing is like it was in 1983 or 84, 85, right? It came out before I was born, so I actually didn't watch it until I was older. So the animation is far superior, and um, I'm not one of those people that will pretend like cartoons look better in the 80s because this animation is fantastic. Every single person looks fantastic. Every single design is done wonderfully. All of the designs in 1985 were made for toys. So when they were made for toys, all of the female characters and all of the male characters would look the same. They'd have like interchangeable hair colors and maybe a little different outfit, but they were always interchangeable, all cookie cutter. These aren't. These are great. These are great. So He-Man is supposed to be a shoy for the boys. That's another major criticism, right? Well, not really, because even some of the old showrunners would say, yes, He-Man was for boys and She-Ra was for girls, but because we knew siblings sat with each other and watched stuff together, we had to add a little in always. And I don't think that's a fair criticism at all, because so was My Little Pony. How many bronies are there out there? Come on. So was Winx Club. So were so many of those shows that were made for girls and that didn't stop the boys. So not fair, right? So Tila has a girlfriend. No, 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 no. No, she doesn't. There was no, in my opinion, I don't see it because that's not what come to mind. I realize that women can be friends. I realize that men can be friends. There's no queer baiting. They're just friends. It is that simple. Now, I know people were saying there was <laughs> queer baiting, but we even hear at a couple different points, Evil Lynn give Andrea or uh, Andre, I don't know, he's Andrea, Andrea advice on men, on men a couple times. So yeah, there's no queer baiting. Um, Tila's shaved head, right? Okay. Um, yeah, you need context. And unfortunately for outrage, that never works. She was lied to for years. We see a time skip and she's basically a magical bounty hunter now. So she kind of beefed up a little bit, shaved her head, became a new person. That's why. It's not about He-Man, another criticism, but it is. And how many times, including stuff like Nightfall, No Man's Land, Battle for the Cow, have we seen main characters removed or sidelined for a small amount of time only to come back gloriously? And it's not about Skeletor either. He's gone for most of it, too. So I don't really see people complaining about that. And I also think it's fair to mention that there has been far worse. And I watched it. 
And I've talked about them plenty of times on the channel. My nephews who are manga nerds, like just, just everything. Naruto. We got to watch Naruto. We've seen only 150 episodes, but my God, Naruto. They love this show. They absolutely loved it. So there has been far worse. The two major things that Keith Griffin did in DC Comics were far worse handlings than were done in this series with specifically Tila and Orko. And both actually needed salvaged by Rob David, who is the Mattel executive and the executive producer of this series one. Talking back about Keith Griffin, everyone hated Orko, right? And he went full evil just because, and it had to be salvaged then, and said that his magic backfired and caused him to go evil by absorbing an evil artifact. So it had to be salvaged. Um, Tila was blonde and a bitch by default. The fix was that she dyed her hair red and eventually mellowed out. And it was revealed that her bitchiness was just her lashing out to avoid those deep down true feelings that she had for Adam. Now, it could be worse. So let's talk about what could, what was great. What is great. What I love. The best part about this show is you do not need a previous understanding of the characters. And if you do know them, prepare to understand them on a different, on a deeper level. It, it furthers these characters and makes them more complex. It helps you understand their motivations or lack thereof motivations but not just the heroes. And that's what I love. Oh my God, Evil Lynn. I love her. She's she's the best. We'll talk about her in a minute. But the villains also. Some of the most obscure characters from the show get their moment to shine. And it's amazing. It's a treasure trove of deep lore and a love letter to the original series all kind of balled up in one and spit out for us to enjoy. So let's get to my character talk and the plot points, right? But I want to talk a little bit about the cons that I personally had. Of course, more He-Man. How can you not want more He-Man? <laughs> I think we're going to get that with the second season or the second part of the first season, but I'll talk about my theory on that here in a minute. Now, one huge thing, I wanted more Henry Rollins as Triclops. I love that character, and I love Henry Rollins, so I was really glad to see that. Another big con I had was Tila's meltdown. It was hard to put yourself in that position because she had been lied to by everyone. Everyone, right? She was lied to by her father. She was lied to by the queen. She was lied to by Prince Adam, and she was lied to by Hemian. I know they're technically the same person, but that's everyone. And she gets upset and she leaves. She leaves completely. And she doesn't come back until she absolutely is basically forced to. I get why you left. I get why you were upset with magic. I get that. But there towards the middle of the season, she ends up forgiving her dad. But towards the end, she doesn't do the same as she did for her dad, for Adam right away, right? And I get that. A lot of times we punish those that are closest to us. So, you know, your your worst enemy can say something and you forgive them, but your best friend says it and you are mad. That's kind of what it felt like to me. Another huge con of mine was Orko's death. I knew about it, thanks to, I think, that Star Wars girl or something. But I was 
I love Orko. He's such a goofy character, but great and silly. And and I didn't like him before. That's the funny thing. I didn't really care for Orko. He would get on my nerves before, not badly. He was just kind of a side, you know, afterthought. And now I really ended up liking him. I was sad to see him go. I, I, I'm not, I, I didn't cry. It was you guys, I promise. So let's talk about the voice cast. I absolutely loved the voice cast. Now I will say when it came to Tila, Sarah Michelle Geller, I was a little, I had to get into it. it. Took me about an episode to realize I'm not watching Buffy, right? Cause I'm so used to her voice. Another voice that besides Henry Rollins is Triclops that did fantastic was Chris Wood as He-Man and Prince Adam. Amazing. Now, when it came to Skeletor, I absolutely heard the Joker. I think everybody did. And I think Mark Hamill is extremely talented when it comes to the Joker. Nobody will ever be that good, right? But I heard the Joker. I absolutely did. So that took a little getting used to. And I guess this is a con and also voice cast at the same time is Cringer was great. It sounded like Pooh Bear a little bit to me, but the voice acting was great. I wish we'd have seen a little bit more, right? I really liked that character originally, and we didn't get the feel for it enough. So I want to talk about specific characters that I absolutely loved. And I mentioned her. That was Eva Lynn. She was great. Like, you really got to know her on a much deeper level than you ever did just at Skeletor's side. And then she took her helmet off. Ah. Oh! Eva Lynn's a babe, like so beautiful. Um, credit to the animation because they did great. But you also got to know her on almost a human level, right? Learning about what she thought of sorcery and what she thought of magic. And there's this really amazing moment. And I think it is in the Preternia episode where um, she is with Orko and our Subternia, I'm sorry. She's with Orko and they all are in Subternia and, you know, they got to go through their fears and they are kind of going into each other. And I did not know that. Uh, I didn't know that Orko, his real name is Oracle, but because he was so goofy and that they played off of each other because they're so opposed to each other and so different. That moment is probably why I cried when Orko died even though I knew it was going to happen. It is probably why, because that moment, you really felt bad, not only for o Orko, but Evil Lynn was unable to do anything because she was so exhausted and she was unable to help and she was mad she was unable to help. And you really felt for that character until the end and we'll get there. So um, another big thing, another big theme in this is keeping secrets, right? And what they actually do to damage relationships and how damaging they can be. Now, I do think that's going to be explored upon a little more because it did seem, you know, like Tila was coming around to Adam, especially there at the end. And what I really loved, and I guess we're getting into the end a little bit here, but I want to make sure I mention this with the secrets part, is that when, you know, somebody that does that kind of sacrifice dies, an Eternia. They go to Preternia. That's their heaven. And if they leave and they go back, they can't, they can't go back. They, they just become the earth and they don't, they don't get their Valhalla, right? 
But Adam didn't care. He cared about Tila so much. He chose to go back with her. And I really like that. I think that's going to definitely redeem him as far as the keeping secret part. So we, like I said, we, we visit preternia and subternia. I like the idea of heaven or hell. And I like the idea of, you know, kind of looking at all the people in preternia that are there because of their heroic sacrifice. Now in subternia, We've seen a really great part that is going to take us into the second part of the season where we have to find out Tila's biggest fears. And that is what she could become. Now, it's always been known she's the sorceress daughter. And everyone's known since the beginning of, well, I mean, they, they, they talk about it more in the comics and then they definitely hinted at it in the show. But I think that is where we're going to get the second half of the season is her learning what that means to her and what it is going to actually do to her. Right. But in preternia, we get to see, um, you know, Prince Adam, right. They're back and they, they bury Orko and it's beautiful. And Mossman makes it wonderful for them. And, and we find out that we see Prince Adam take his form. You can pick which form you want to take. Do you want to take, you know, He-Man, or do you want to take the form of Prince Adam? And he took the form of Prince Adam. And I really like that because it felt like a lot of the reason he took that form of Prince Adam was because that was where he was truthful with Tila. That was why. So I do hope they explore that a little bit more. And we also get to see Hero and we get to meet King Grayskull. I hope they explore him more. He, I did read a little bit in the prequel comic that just dropped, I think two weeks ago. Um, we got to meet King Grayskull, but it looked amazing on the, on the screen. It looked absolutely wonderful. I really like that character and he's been explored before. So I'm hoping that we learn a little bit more about him in the second half. So Mossman, Mossman ended up, you know, dying and we're going to talk about the killing spree, but I really liked how Mossman and, um, it really explained everything about death and about life. And, you know, he kind of jokes it off. Well, I know I'm young. I'm only a million years old. Right. And I know he's obviously so close to Swamp Thing, but he has that wisdom that also reminds me of Swamp Thing too. Right. So there was a killing spree, definitely a killing spree. And I think it was simply because in the first, you know, actual show, there was never any consequences. It was always at the end. You saw, you know, He-Man, he won. And now we're going to go back to status quo. It was circular storytelling. So we saw He-Man die and Skeletor in the first episode. We saw Moss Man also, Orko, and then Roboto in the fourth episode. Now, that was the best death simply because they had created a miracle. Man-at-Arms created Roboto, and he was a miracle because during that death scene, he says something along the lines of, you know, tell your dad he made a miracle because I'm scared. He's a robot he's not supposed to feel. He's scared, and that's the best gift he could have ever given because he was able to feel, and I really like that. So, and then by the last episode... We see one last death or not. Probably not. Definitely not. <laughs> and that's Prince Adam. So they're returning magic to the land, right? 
And we do see some magic actually get to the sorceress. And I think that's going to lead us into the second half. But Prince Adam, before he can get out, I have the power. He gets stabbed because the entire time Skeletor had been hiding out in Evil Lynn's knapsack, right? So, yeah, um, I was surprised. I was really surprised they went that way because now we see Skelly God. <laughs> I don't know, Skeletor. He's a god. He has taken over. And now everybody's in trouble, right? Because he has the power. And it's really going to be interesting on how we see Prince Adam and Tila and everybody take him down. But I do believe since there was some magic return to the sorceress, we will see um, the second half sort of the daughter reveal, right? And then the magic that was returned, she I'm thinking she's going to sacrifice herself to save Adam. We're going to have He-Man, Adam, and the sorceress daughter, Tila, and they're going to be able to somehow work together to take him down. I'm not sure how they're going to do it, but I definitely think that's where they're headed with this is this great team up now that, you know, everybody has their powers back. It, they, there's no way that Prince Adam is saying that. There's just absolutely no way. But I do want to mention that um, I really was surprised, actually, oddly enough, when Evil Lynn betrayed everyone. And she was just like, well, <laughs> I was really starting to like you guys, but I'm picking the side of evil. I'm picking the side of the victors. And I was like, ah, bitch. Like, you, are you kidding me? But yet I still love her. She was definitely my MVP of this series. So we may talk about this more on stream tomorrow. If you guys are interested, let me know in the comments below. It's an absolute recommend. There are issues with it. It's not perfect but it's still awesome. Like there was still a lot of really great stuff within it and it's fun and it's silly and there's consequences and Skeletor one up Adam or He-Man twice and we'll have to see where that takes us. So anyways, let me know, of course, what you guys think. I will see you in the next one. Bye-bye.